Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Hello, friends, and welcome to a new rendition of Nick's Nerd News. I'm your host, Nick. As always, fans of the show, welcome back. If you're new here, welcome in. Glad you can join us. If if you if you don't mind, give us a like, give us a share, give us a subscribe, wherever you might listen. I'm on Spotify, I'm on Google Podcasts, I'm on Apple Podcasts, I think I'm on Amazon. iHeartRadio keeps dogging me. I don't know what the heck is going on over in that world, because they don't like me, apparently. But, other than that, everything is going swell. Today is January 20th 2021 yes that is right it is january 20th 2021 how about that that's pretty crazy isn't it well yeah that's all i have to say about that anyway (laughs) anyway anyway guys welcome welcome in again as always i'm your host nick and i'm glad you guys could be here today not a whole lot going on in, in in the nerd world as as you might expect for January but but hey that that's that's just the way things are right we're not going to have all the news all the time but we will talk about CES which was last week just a few things that that caught my eye it was a very tame CES for once and I, I think that was mostly to it being a virtual conference right probably can't see a lot of the things that might be on the floor but Let's get right into our video game section, huh, shall we? Well, uh, we're not going to talk about Hitman today. That will be on next week's episode. I'm going to pick up the game um, today. I did pick it up today, I should say. I went, went to GameStop earlier. I will pick that up this weekend, and we will talk about Hitman 3 next week. So just uh, stay on the lookout for that. Otherwise, hey, how about this? We finally got news on the new Pokemon Snap, right? A new trailer was released showing off the new Lentol region, as it's called. The game releases on April 30th, 2021, so just a couple months from now. And it shows off a lot of new Pokemon, or not new Pokemon, but it it, it looks like it's going to be covering all the generations, at least. Uh, There's going to be all different regions to explore. They said desert, jungle, like beach, shore, whatever you want to call that stuff. All all over the place for us to, to take pictures of Pokemon. A lot of focus on different generations of starters. Uh, looks like heavy focus on Gen 3, which uh, which I've been seeing a lot. Um, they do show off the, the newer starters from, from Gen 8, you know, from from um, Galar. Couldn't even think for a second. A big focus on Meganium, which it's nice to see some Gen 2 love. It, you don't, we don't see a lot of that lately. And another uh, other couple of cool things going on with, with the region as well. Um, our first professor that doesn't have a, a, a floral-based name, which is very interesting, Professor Mirror. And it hopefully all of the Pokemon are in it, or at least most of them. Uh, so that, that will be a, a nice, interesting addition to the Pokemon genre. People have been calling for a new Pokemon Snap since the night N64 original. It's just happy to see that it, we're finally getting a sequel, and it's it's been a very, very long time. I wonder if it will have secret levels like the original, where you could you know, take a picture of Mew. Uh, it said you can level up 
your character as you take more and more photos of more and more Pokemon. And as you progress, the Pokemon will start acting differently and doing different things. So there, there is replayability here. You know, the original didn't have a whole lot. Granted, there was some, because after you got new items, you can go back and play different levels and then do different things to, to spawn different Pokemon. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see how it all play, plays out. And we only have to wait about three months. So April 30th, uh, new Pokemon Snap, or whatever they're calling it, will release on Nintendo Switch. Uh, speaking of Nintendo, Universal Studios Japan has announced that... Unfortunately, the opening of Super Nintendo World has been indefinitely delayed as a new outbreak has hit Osaka, uh, the prefecture where Universal Studios Japan is located. And unfortunately, it uh, will be closed for the foreseeable future, so not everyone will get to ride on the new Mario Kart ride or anything like that for quite a while. It is unfortunate, but it is for the best to make sure everything goes smoothly. So props to them for being a little smart and a little cautious and... and Hopefully it, it won't be too long before the official opening date gets uh, gets announced. It was supposed to open next month. Obviously that's not going to happen, but but we'll see what, what happens from there. Uh, moving forward, uh, we have another game delayed. Unfor luckily, though, it won't be delayed too long. The new Writer's Republic game from Ubisoft, their new game where you can, like, mountain bike and dirt board and dirt board yes dirt no mountain bike and ski and snowboard and do all those extreme sports has been delayed to an unannounced date in 2021 luckily it wasn't too much of a delay a lot of games just were delayed either later into later into this year or hopefully not too far into next year uh, as as we know that 2020 changed a lot of things for a lot of people but that's what's going on with Riders Republic over on Ubisoft land. Moving forward, hey, how about this, huh? You guys want one of them new NVIDIA RTX GPUs? Well, tough luck, because they're nearly impossible to find. Just like PlayStation 5s, just like Series Xs, just like Nintendo Switches, it's going to be very hard to find an NVIDIA 30 Series GPU for quite a while. Um, and they, they did say that that short supply may run into April. Uh, so directly from NVIDIA themselves, and, and this is at their, their conference, uh, the chief financial officer, Colette Cress, they are trying to keep up stock levels. However, it's going to be remain the case through quarter one, they did say. And quote, in order to talk about supply, we first have to discuss the demand. We did have an exceptional overall holiday season. We did have an exceptional exceptional overall holiday season gaming demands is off the charts our overall ampere architecture and ray tracing are really a true success this demand has remained stronger for longer so supply does remain tight at this time we expect the overall channel inventories meaning the inventories that are with our aic partners as well as our in our e-tail and retail channels will likely remain throughout q1 our overall capacity has not been able to keep up with the overall strong demand that we have seen. They are also, quote, working each day to improve our overall supply situation, unquote. So, um, as you guys have probably noticed, you can't really get those, those graphics cards on the market. Please do not go to scalpers or, or aftermarket sites that are going to upcharge you. It's not worth it, and you, you just give them a reason to keep on going. So, if you can, hold out. And you might get a chance to get one at retail. 
but that's what's going to happen with those RTX graphics cards for at least the next few months. I'm sure it's going to be that hard to get a PS5 or Series X for a while like that as well. Um, also, if you guys are users of BlizzardNot.net, well, they have overhauled their website for the first time in eight years. Excuse me, I don't know why I say Blizzard. It's Battle.net. It's Battle.net. Blizzard's hub for their games. Uh, it isn't available to everyone yet, just a select few so far as it slowly rolls out. Like I said, it is an overhaul that is for the first time in eight years. Uh, it has repositioned where games are located and, and, and everything else like that. It looks a lot more like newer UI interfaces that you see on, on game launchers. Uh, pictures are available online if you haven't gotten it yet. I personally don't really play any Blizzard games um, on... On, on PC, so I don't, I don't have a lot of experience with the Battle.net launcher. I used it for a little bit when I played WoW for like a month a couple of years ago because I got a free month to play. However, it, it is the Battle.net 2.0, they're calling it, and I guess it's only available to some people in North America. Uh, it hasn't been rolled out to the rest of the world yet, but it is a major design overhaul from what it used to look like. So if you guys are experiencing that, hope Hopefully you like it. If you don't like it, hey, I get it. A lot of people don't like change, but sometimes you got to make it. And today's a prime example. What? Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> Blizzard.net, Battle.net, excuse me, has officially been changed. They've made a lot of new updates for quality of life, and, and that's probably a good thing. Anyway, moving on. In very sad news, Bungie has announced that they will be shutting down they will be shutting down the old Halo stats archive next month. So, uh, all player stats, screenshots, all files, everything from Bungie will be gone. And unfortunately, uh, this will happen on February 9th. That Halo.Bungie.net will be taken offline permanently. So everything from Halo 2, 3, ODST, and Reach that are stored there will be gone. Um, those, uh, they did say that those archives have not been updated in almost nine years. So it's almost been a decade since anything has really happened on those, those on that website and that archive. Uh, you have up until the 9th of February to save the stats and files if you want to. Um, it only really applies to player data. Um, articles, forums, groups, all that stuff are already on the new Bungie.net and will remain online. But of course... Their focus is on Destiny, but if you want to get anything from Halo.Bungie.net, you got to download that now before it's gone forever. Also, in a fun of bit a uh, bit of fun gaming news, Xbox Canada announced a special one-off controller in the form of the Canadian Tuxedo controller. And yes, it's exactly as you as you're imagining it. It is covered in denim, a denim-covered controller for the new Xbox. Series X and S. You can check it out on the different Xbox Canada social media pages now. It's a it's a pretty interesting looking controller. It's even got belt loops, so, so it's a, definitely a one of a kind for sure. But how about this, huh? Rockstar Games has put out a new patent for NPC technology, and people think this is a hint at GTA 6. So they filed a new patent, uh, filed by Take Two, of course, their parent company. Uh, it was developed by, by Rockstar for NPC Navigation, and it was called, the, the patent application is called 
System and Method for Virtual Navigation in a Gaming Environment. Uh, it was filed in 2019. Uh, Reddit users found it, so it's, it's a, almost two years old. And it is, quote, a realistic virtual world that is not limited by hardware and software limitations. I don't know how that works. Um, it also goes on to say, quote, each NPC can define its own specific characteristics for traversing the road nodes, unquote. Um, and other possible things. I don't see this. This seems like it's a lot farther out. Uh, it also says, quote, virtual navigation and management of objects in a multiplayer network gaming community, unquote. So it looks like it might be if it's GTA 6 or GTA Online expansions. Um, it works with cloud computing. I just, um, it also goes on to say, quote, players of a video game would expect to see more than a predetermined number of NPC-controlled cars in a video game for a realistic experience. No high-level knowledge of traffic blank, unquote. I, I don't know. It's a lot of weird stuff. It's about two years old. Definitely check it out. But it's a possible hint at what the future of GTA could be. Hopefully it is for GTA 6 and not just an expansion for GTA Online. And uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, it is a new en entry in Vice City. Because I know a lot of y'all are waiting for that too. But we did get some news out of Sony San Diego, the newest st studio in, in the PlayStation Game Studios. And apparently they are working on new projects in existing franchises. Whatever that means, nobody knows. Uh... Sony does have a quite a long list of franchises to draw from, so it'll be interesting to see what that plays into and how that all works and what they end up coming out with. It'll be remain to be seen. But the next uh, announcement we should hear coming out of Sony or their San Diego studios is any news pertaining to MLB The Show and whatever happens with uh, MLB The Show 2021. Remember... This is going to be the first year they're allowing MLB The Show to be on non-Sony platforms. So it will be remain to be seen if it's actually going to happen this year or if it will be next year. Also, what it looks like, we are, uh, like I said, I don't normally comment on, on speculation or, or rumors or things like this. Um, however, it looks like uh, this is from Bloomberg, so it's more reputable than anything. Blo Bloomberg isn't going to dabble in like far strung out rumors or anything like that uh, they were interviewing kim cheng han the ceo of Crafton. they are the holding company that that oversees development including PUBG. and they uh he went on to say that it uh his desires for it to not stay quote not stay as a one-hit wonder and there are plans to release new games in the PUBG universe this year and next year uh, he said, quote, the game for this year is, quote, new Battle Royale mobile title, unquote. And next year will be a, quote, another PUBG-related PC and console game, unquote. They're also working on a game called The Callisto Protocol, being made by Striking Distance. That game was announced at the Game Awards and does take place in the PUBG universe. However, we don't know anything else about the game other than it's like a horror survival game. And again, we don't know anything about what else is coming in the future of the PUBG universe or PUBG games. So we'll see what's on the horizon in that franchise. And moving on, so if the one of the most influential people 
in Nintendo's history is retiring. No, it's not Miyamoto. Don't worry. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, I can't even think. Masuda, who runs Pokemon. No, it is someone whose name you probably don't recognize. His name is Takaya Imamura. He is the artist and designer who came up with Captain Falcon, Fox McCloud, and even Majora from Majora's Mask. So after 32 years at the company, he, he bid his farewell, and he retired after a long, illustrious career, coming up with beloved characters, and of course, one of the most famous Nintendo villains, Majora, from Majora's Mask. So pour one out to him as a legend, set sights on, on what to do after working for Nintendo. And our final bit of gaming news here today is, this is a doozy, huh? So the EU, yes, the EU, the European Union, is suing Valve, Capcom, and Bethesda, or not suing, sorry, they're, they're, they're fining them for $9.4 million for something called geo-blocking. So it comes out to be about 7.8 million euros. Uh, includes Bandai Namco as well. Focus Home and Coke Media and, and Zenimax, so not technically Bethesda, for geo-blocking. Uh, apparently, geo-blocking, uh, per, per this article on IGN, is a practice in which a platform holder like Steam forces users in one country to pay the set video game price for only that country instead of allowing them to purchase the game somewhere else within Europe where it might be cheaper. Ah, so this only applies to the EU where they have that homogenous economy essentially it doesn't make any sense i don't get it anyway um the european commission says steam and the five previously listed publishers restricted cross-border sales of pc games based on geographical location within the european economic area like i said it's a, a bit of a homogenous economy and they will pay the fine um but it be it will be reduced since they were willing to cooperate Valve, however, did not, and their fine is still going to be about 1.6 million euros or 1.9 million US. But it doesn't make any sense. I, I don't understand how that works. They say such practices deprive European consumers of the benefits of the EU digital single market and the opportunity to shop around for the most suitable offer in the EU, end quote. That's dumb. That is a dumb thing. Whatever. It's Europe. Very strange indeed. But anyway, moving on. That's it for video games today. Let's talk about what happened at CES. And, and as I stated at the top of the show, not a whole lot going on at this year's CES. A lot of new TVs, a lot of other new gadgets that don't really pertain to us really in the gaming world. I don't think you guys care about fridges or vacuums. Well, if you do, Nixner News is not, not the place for it. But uh, Samsung unveiled a lot of its new micro LED TVs. LEG showed off more of its, its fancy tech. But when it comes to cool stuff that's gaming related, that's what we're going to talk about. Unfortunately, however, the first two things we're going to talk about are just concepts and not reality. But Razer has c come up with a new RGB face mask. Heck yeah, bruh. You want a light-up face mask that also has N95 respirator capabilities and also has a, a, a microphone to enhance your voice through your mask? Well, too bad, because it's it's not happening for real. And uh, a lot of people actually wish it would be real, 
but it razor did come up with a see-through mask so you could see someone's face it did actually have a microphone and a speaker on it to to allow you to to be heard more clearly speaking through the mask and it did have n95 uh filtration rgb chroma effects that'd probably be like a 200 hundred dollar mask but hey i'm sure a lot of people would be totally down for that i think i would i 100 would be down for that Samsung also announced a new solar-powered remote for their televisions. It will not require AAA or AA batteries. I'll be interesting to see how that works. Uh, following back up to Razer, their other concept, unfortunately, they didn't actually have a working prototype of this, but it is a new gaming chair with a rollable screen that rolls out in front of you in, in like a curved piece that if you're sitting in your chair, you can look up at it. And it's an RGB chair as well. That will probably never, ever see the light of day. Uh, NVIDIA also announced that they're going to bring their 30 series GPUs to laptops and other smaller mobile devices and tablets. So it's a good news for gamers who want to do micro discrete gaming. I have a Surface Book, one of the originals, and that actually has a discrete GPU on it. It's not powerful, but it, but it can do some good things. Fender has also released a new personal amp for your guitar, so no crazy amps you gotta lug around. It plugs right into the guitar. That looks pretty fucking cool. Uh, the, a lot of other TVs have been shown off. Asus and ROG, Asus ROG showed off their new two-in-one laptops. Razer updated the screens on their on their gaming laptops as well. Uh, and then the other new thing was Sony has announced new more gamer-friendly TVs, uh, 2.1. HDMI, uh, I think up to 120 hertz refresh rate as we're going to start seeing on more and more TVs. And it will also have a ambient light sensor to adjust its lighting on the fly while you're playing. So a lot of that stuff, you can see all that online. Different websites have it all collected in different places. So a lot of cool stuff was announced, but not, not as cool as in years past. Uh, that is it for CES though. Let's talk about TV, huh? What's going on in streaming and TV world, right? Well, how about this? A toy leak has come out for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and uh, I'm not surprised. I'm literally not shocked. But I'm not talking about the, the shock that the leak came out. That's whatever. I'm not shocked at the plot point that this leak actually revealed. And spoilers, I, I guess. I mean, it was pretty obvious, though, um, especially if you're familiar with the comics but the toy has sam wilson or the falcon in in the captain america costume like oh man i'm shocked i mean maybe casual viewers are going to be shocked but i'm guessing more than likely if you're listening to this show you know that that was like more than likely going to happen that was most likely going to be the case especially when they have previews of him throwing around captain america's shield Oh, and I don't know, maybe the fact that Captain America handed him the shield and pretty much told him to be the new Cap at the end of Endgame. Like, like, are we really surprised by this, people? Is is this really shocking? Or are you surprised by the fact that it's going to happen so soon in the show? Like, I, I don't understand why some websites were hyping up like, oh, look at this crazy spoiler. Like, that's not a fucking spoiler. Like, that's that's what's expected to happen. That That's like saying, like... That, that's that's like saying that in a Superman movie, Le Lex Luthor is going to be there. Like, oh, sh no shit, Sherlock. Jesus Christ. Like, sometimes I wonder if, if maybe 
that I, I don't want to say filthy casuals. I don't want to say that because of that that's that's a horrible thing and it's a toxic trait in in the nerd community. And I'm I'm trying to be a, a I don't want to be a gatekeeper, right? That's that's a new term floating around. We I want to be like a a, a greeter is is what a new term is being around. It's like I don't want to be a gatekeeper, but at the same time, when you see stupid ass headlines like this, it's like the fuck is wrong with people, dude? Like, really? Uh, this is a spoiler, like Sam Wilson in, as a Captain America? Like, no, dude. Anyone with half a fucking brain who watched Endgame and is probably going to watch Falcon and Winter Soldier on Disney+, Plus, like, knew that was the eventual conclusion to the story. Like, unless you're, like, fucking stupid, like, legitimately, like, you can't function and don't aren't able to understand plot points that this isn't something that that is going to be a spoiler to you like like the fact that they're labeling this as a spoiler and unexpected it is just it's pretty fucking stupid and it, they're doing it to get clicks because even games media is is trending into this clickbaity bullshit and, and not games media I, I mean nerd media in general and it's like no dude if you watched Endgame, you pretty much expect him to be Captain America in the fucking show already. Like, it's not a fucking spoiler, people. It's not. It's just not a spoiler. It is the expected outcome of the program. And and even a casual viewer of Endgame can could fucking tell you that. Jesus, like, I don't understand what is going on with some of these people. But anyway, moving on. The... Moon Knight show that is moving forward on Disney Plus that we still don't really know if Oscar Isaac is starring in, which there's some confirmation, there isn't confirmation, we don't have official confirmation. I, Well, we have a villain. Ethan Hawke has been cast as the main villain for Marvel's Moon Knight, coming soon to Disney Plus, even though we don't have official confirmation for who's playing Moon Knight. And uh, we're going to talk about WandaVision at, at the end here. But it also came out that Dick Van Dyke has actually was actually hired as a consultant for WandaVision, considering the first two episodes are very heavily inspired by, by the Dick Van Dyke show and other shows from the, the 60s and uh, 50s and 60s. But it turns out they, they brought him in um, early in production with, uh, to meet with Kevin Feige and Matt Shakeman, the, the director of the, the program, and I guess they had lunch with, with Dick Van Dyke, and he was kind of unaware of, of like, the success of the, the DCU, or the MCU. Wow, DCU. Um, Shakeman said, speaking with E.T., uh, they had lunch at Club 33, the prestigious club at Disneyland, and he said, quote, We did have to give him the explanation, and he didn't seem to be too fluent with the MCU. It was great. He did say at one point during our lunch, oh, I hear you guys have had some great success. That's wonderful. Congratulations. What did you just put out? And Kevin, who's great, obviously, Kevin is this mastermind of this incredible creative endeavor that's had so much success. He said, well, yes, well, we just put out Avengers Endgame. And Dick was like, oh, Avengers Endgame? Oh, great. Fantastic. He said, yep, it's actually the biggest movie of all time. Oh, great. Is it? What? The biggest movie of all time? He was like, that's amazing. It was so sweet to see Kevin realize and Dick realized that they were talking about it. It was really fun. That's a that's a nice quote from Shackman. Shackman, yeah. Shackman, that's how you say it. Uh, and they were deep into pre-production at that point, he said. He also said, quote, 
We were many months into pre-production at that point already, but we had yet to start shooting. So a lot of the things that I took from that lunch really did, did affect how we approached, especially our pilot episode, which is sort of an, an homage to the Dick Van Dyke show, as well as I Love Lucy, and some of the other sitcoms of that era. But we learned from Dick Van Dyke that their number one rule for how they approached anything was that if it couldn't happen in real life, it can't happen on the show, which is this idea that you need to ground what you're doing in real life stories. But then that gives you the permission to be incredibly silly and to fall over the ottoman and do pratfalls. That was very helpful in how we approached the tone of it, because getting the tone right is the hardest thing in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. It changes, it adjusts. What is funny? How far does comedy go? I mean, Archie Bunker and Dick Van Dyke are very different, and yet they're both hilarious. Their humor is timeless, and yet very different. Archie Bunker would never do a pratfall over an ottoman, right? And so, it's just about figuring out how you put your finger on that, and how, as actors, Paul, Lizzie, and the rest of this amazing cast could put their finger on that as well, and calibrate. Um, they asked him if, if Dick Van Dyke would have a cameo, he, he wouldn't say... Um, but it's it's really interesting to see Dick Van Dyke have his his hands on things even now in 2020, 2021. And, and we'll discuss the first two episodes of WandaVision in just a bit. Uh, we also got a new trailer for the new comedy or drama. I don't know what it is yet uh, about the, the life of The Rock. Yes, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. A, a new show about his life. I think it's called Young Rock will premiere on NBC next month and will also be available on peacock after that so if you guys are looking to watch the show about the rock it is coming soon on february 16th i think i believe is what the trailer said um also big news the muppet show yes the muppet show will be available for the first time ever on streaming next month on disney plus all five seasons of the muppet show will come to disney plus next month so it's time to get things started it's time to light the lights or wait it's time to get things started on the Muppet Show tonight. I, I skipped it. I went. I went backwards there. It's. It's time to get things started on the Muppet Show tonight. Phenomena. Anyway, I'm excited for that. If you guys don't know, I'm a big Muppet fan. I don't know. I know I don't talk about it a lot. It's just we don't get a lot of big Muppet stuff to talk about. And how about this? Uh, this is this is actually some news that I'm not really surprised at either. Netflix has surpassed 200 million users as of January of this year. No surprise there, given how a lot more people are at home and are streaming. But 200 million subscribers on Netflix, considering next month is kind of sparse in terms of things that look interesting on the platform. Uh, also, unfortunately, this year, the Arrowverse crossover that was planned between Batwoman and Superman and Lois has unfortunately been canceled due to complications and worry over COVID. Sorry, what? I sorry, something's in my throat. But unfortunately, the Arrowverse crossover has been canceled this year. And final bit of TV news today that we're going to talk about is... For some reason, of all places, on the Fat Man Beyond podcast, which is Kevin Smith's podcast, him and his co-host Mark Bernadine were talking about potentially, allegedly, a revival of Batman the Animated Series at HBO Max. And, and this is a quote direct from the podcast. So, uh, this is from Kevin Smith, and he says, quote, I'm not involved... But I too have heard this, and I've heard this from very reliable people. 
When I heard it, I freaked out, and I heard this, and I would say a month before you just said it, I think that's real. I don't think that's a rumor. I wouldn't say set your watch to it, but it's an idea whose time is not only coming, I think it came and it's smoking a cigarette. I think that's going to happen. How fucking amazing would that be? Because you can just literally pick up and keep going. It's not like, oh, we got to explain why everyone's older. It's fucking animation, man. So you can go right back to those amazing fucking stories. That, to me, is no-brainer. You've got HBO Max. You're already doing that amazing Harley Quinn show. You're printing money if you go back and do Batman the Animated Series. You can't fuck up the legacy, that's for damn sure. You can't fuck it up. There's no reason not to do it. As long as you've got the key creative components, as long as Bruce Tim is involved, wants Bruce Tim is involved, wants to be there, fucking go for it, for heaven's sakes. End quote. I'm, I'm not going to lie, I agree with Kevin 100%, right? 100% I agree with Kevin on that. And my only other caveat to that is if they do it, you got to make sure you bring back, you know, uh, uh, Mark Hamill as the Joker, even though I know he's retired and he probably wants to, to slow down on his Joker stuff. And you don't have to have the Joker all the time. But then, then you have to bring back Kevin Conroy as Batman, right? You, you just, you cannot do Batman the Animated Series with a different voice cast. If you're going to do it, you have to do it with the original voice cast. Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill as the Joker... And you fit other people in as necessary. But if you do it, you have to have Kevin Conroy. Hands down, that's it. I don't want to hear anything else. Bruce Tim, Kevin Conroy, boom, bang, done. You're in. And if this is true, I, I can't tell you how fucking happy I would be. Batman the Animated Series is the quintessential piece of Batman mythos that, that every Batman fan should watch. It's available on HBO Max to watch. I think it's on Amazon Prime still. That's definitely something you want to check out. Um, there's a documentary on the making of it on YouTube that's really cool to check out. But Batman the Animated Series, if you are a Batman fan and you have not seen it, I, I urge you to go watch it now because it's great. And it holds up and it, it's not a kid's show in any way, shape. I mean, it is a kid's show, but it's not not like your typical kid's show. Like it bended the norms. It's, it, was, it was groundbreaking for what it was in the 90s. But, but if this turns out to be true... Just make sure you bring Bruce Tim back. Make sure you get Kevin Conroy back as Batman. And, and you got a recipe for success right there. Um, but that's it for TV. Before we move on to some other things, I, I did want to talk about WandaVision for a bit. So WandaVision Episode 1 and 2 premiered last Friday on Disney+. And there are some good things to it. Like it's totally nailed that, that 50s and 60s vibe in those first two episodes. But there's also a lot of, like, just meh moments. And, and it just, the overall, to me, was just meh. Like, it was okay. Like, I, it just, it didn't move the needle too far for me. Mainly because it was still kind of cheesy like those old shows. And, it, like, those overdone, like, plots. And it, it has, like, the laugh track and things like that. So it it's not something you expect from an MCU project. I will say that. And I'm not going to knock them for trying something different. It, it's just, it's a weird show, for sure. And there's a lot of things going on that you, you have a lot of questions for, and hopefully they have enough time to answer it. But at the same time, it's like they, they trick you on the trailers with some of that modern stuff, because you know, outside of this weird pocket universe that, that that's going on. But unfortunately, that's not, I, I, kind of a spoiler, it's not introduced as soon as you might think, um, without giving away too much. That's a bit of minor spoilers there, but... It, it, it's definitely interesting and you kind of question how everything's work, how, how this world works and 
who's doing what and and what the the central characters are trying to get at like Wanda and Vision you're trying to understand what what's going on in their reality and granted we need to know how Vision is back because obviously he was not back in Endgame and he did perish in in Infinity War and technically in theory he could still be alive after Cap brought the stones back but but we don't know for sure and it, it's very interesting to see to see how things work and where they play out and, and how it all ties together. So it'll be interesting to see how the season goes. I can't wait to see what they do with the 70s motif uh, this week. So first week was like early, late 50s, early 60s. Second episode was, was late 60s. They transitioned to color, so we're moving up either to late 60s or early 70s. And it'll be interesting to see as we progress through the years of TV but but overall, it's just whatever to me right now. I, I hope it picks up. I wonder if it's going to have two seasons or more. Probably going to be just a one-off show. But we'll see what happens with WandaVision moving forward. But overall, to me, like a 7 out of 10, 6 and a, six and a half out of 10, it's in that range right now for me. It's, it's, it's just there's a lot going on. There's too many questions. And like the 50s and 60s trope was a little bit overplayed to me. And I know it's supposed to be like that, but at points it was just like, uh, this is dragging. I did like the black and white aspect and things like that, but at the same time it's like, my my biggest issue is the, the actors and stuff they got for the show like ham it up way too much. And it's unfortunate they couldn't get any other like bigger name people in the show. And I, I don't even mean like, a list. I'm talking about like, like TV stars. They they have people in this show that are like, I've never seen them in a project before, and then they're getting dragged into this show. So, it's Disney. It's Marvel. They could have thrown some money around and gotten a little bit more bigger names. Maybe all the budget went to you know, the effects and um, Paul Bettany and and Elizabeth Olsen. Who knows? But. That's and and Catherine Hahn. I forget. I mean, she's she's a big TV star as well. It's just there there are things that distract me from it that might not distract other people, and I'd love to hear your opinions on it. But to me, it's like six and a six and a half, seven out of ten so far. But well, that could change. That could change. It's only been two episodes, but that's my review of WandaVision. Uh, moving forward, we do know have an idea of what's coming to Netflix and Disney Plus next month. Um, Christmas Vacation and The Patriot will be added on February 1st. A little late for Christmas Vacation there, Netflix. Granted, that movie can be watched anytime. Uh, Space Sweepers, which is a new Korean science fiction film that looks really fucking cool, is coming on February 2nd. Uh, War Dogs, the movie starring Jonah Hill and... Uh, what's his name? Can't think of his name. Where they're, they're the, 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 they sell the weapons... Um, that movie is is going to be on February 8th. And then um, Our Idiot Brother, great Paul Rudd film, will be on the, the platform on February 26th. A lot of other stuff in between that maybe isn't your guys' cup of tea or my cup of tea. Um, a lot of other Netflix originals to check out. Those could be good. I just don't know. I don't have a, a synopsis of every single little thing. But that's Netflix. Uh, over on Disney Plus, as I mentioned before, the Muppet Show will be coming February nineteenth, so all five seasons. Uh, the rest of Wandavision will premiere every Friday, and then a new Marvel animated show 
called Marvel Battle World premieres as well. And that's for Disney Plus in February. So, with that, let's talk about what's going on in the movie biz, huh? What's going on in Hollywood? Let's, let's look at the rags, shall we? Well, rumors floating around right now that Chris Evans is in talks to reprise his role as Captain America in the MCU. Now, take this with a massive, 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 massive grain of salt. We do not have any information on, on this. Uh, he did tweet out, first I'm hearing of it, so we don't know if this is true. We don't even know where it would be. And I don't think it's in, I don't think it's in future projects. We'll see if this actually happens. Because I'm pretty sure Chris Evans was, was kind of done, like he was, he felt that he had done the character justice and in, in his time in the role was over. But, but we'll see what happens with that. We also got our first images of the Mortal Kombat movie. And we can see characters like Kung Lao. Uh, we get to see Jax and uh, Liu Kang. Uh, even Kano, which I was not expecting. Uh, we get to see some ice powers from Zero, Sub-Zero, but not everything. Uh, the new character, Cole Young. We get to see a uh, uh, first look at Scorpion, in, in a way, uh, as well as Sonya Blade. I'm very excited to see how this movie goes, and we'll, we'll see how it all turns out in April when it releases in theaters and on HBO Max at the same time. Cannot wait for Mortal Kombat. Uh, also, uh, HBO Max put out like a teaser for upcoming this year on HBO Max. And of all places, this is where we get our first looks at Godzilla vs. Kong and Space Jam A New Legacy. Like, really? Uh, you can't even put out the trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong? Speaking of which, it's now coming out in, in, in March. This movie's been done for like a year, right? And, and now we finally get our first look at Godzilla and Kong going at it. And, and of all things, it's the fucking money shot, dude. It, it's, it's Kong and Godzilla fighting. And it shows Kong, like, throwing a punch at Godzilla. And then we also get to see, like, another a lot of other new clips from, from movies that are coming later this year. And, and it's like, wh what the fuck, dude? This is really the, the, the first place we're going to see this? A trailer for this movie should have been out months ago at this point. And, and the movie was originally supposed to come in, in May. Granted, May of like last year, and it got delayed and everything like that. But, but now it's, it's coming in March. And it's like, we should be getting more trailers for this movie since it's coming a lot sooner now. But it's just a little infuriating that we only get a small snippet on an HBO Max trailer of all fucking places. But yes, the movie now comes out on March 26th here in the U.S. and uh, in theaters and on HBO Max day and date. So be on the lookout for that when they drop. Next uh, on the docket, we have now confirmation that... Matt Damon has possibly joined the cast of Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, if you remember correctly, he was actually in Thor Ragnarok. He, he played an Asgardian actor playing Loki in, in the play, uh, being watched by Loki as, as Odin when Thor returns back to Asgard. And uh, I wonder if he'll be playing a new character or the same character. On top of that, we also got confirmation that Karen Gillan will return as... Um, as Nebula, excuse me, uh, her Guardians of the Galaxy character in Thor Love and Thunder as well as we 
expect it to tie in with the Guardians as Thor was last seen with the Guardians leaving Earth at the end of Endgame. So we should expect uh, expect them to be involved as well. Uh, Zack Snyder also confirmed on his social media accounts. Uh, someone asked him if, if the Snyder Cut would be in, in four parts like previously thought. He's like, no, it's going to be a one-shot. So... It is very safe to assume that the Snyder Cut of Justice League will be one four-hour movie. Granted, I, I wouldn't have wanted four distinct parts because then you break it up too much. One four-hour movie it might be a little too much. I might split that up. I probably would have preferred maybe two two-hour films split over like two weeks. But as long as we don't have to wait too many months or weeks in between, I'm happy with a one-shot that we get it all at once. Happy to watch. But that is what's going to happen with the Snyder Cut. Um, also, uh, Liam Neeson was being interviewed, and he let it loose that Seth MacFarlane had approached him about possibly starring in a Naked Gun movie reboot. Naked Gun movies were hilarious. I loved them as a kid. They did star uh, Leslie Nielsen of Air- Airplane fame and, and some of the scary movies as as Frank Drebin. It was, they were comedy movies. And I think... If Liam Neeson could transition over to comedy like that, I, I think they would be gold. The man's a great actor, and he said it would either continue his career or end his career, depending depending on how he looks at it. But maybe him and Seth MacFarlane could get it going, and, and I'd be happy to see what that might look like. Uh, no word on if it would be a reboot or a continuation, of course. And then finally, our, our last bit of movie news today. Uh, Colin Trevorrow was being interviewed in, in regards to... Uh, Jurassic World Dominion, which they just recently wrapped filming on, and of course it was delayed to release next year. Uh, And he was speaking with Entertainment Weekly, and this is what he had to say on Jurassic World Dominion. To me, Dominion is a culmination of one story that's been told. When you got to the end of the Jurassic Park trilogy, it may not have been as clear as in what the complete story of those three movies was, because they were a bit more episodic in the way they were approached. But this trilogy is not that way. It's very much a serialized story. What was important for me was when you watch Dominion, you really feel like you are learning how much of a story that first set of movies was and how everything that happened in those movies actually informs what ultimately is able to happen in this. If kids who are born today are going to be presented with six Jurassic Park movies, you hope the parents will buy them the box set. You hope they are going to get to feel like they are get to... they feel like they watch one long story, end quote. And to me, I really like to hear that. Because in the first Jurassic World film, it, it almost sounded like they'd kind of thrown out like Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World, and Jurassic Park 3, um, and, and kind of just didn't really make a lot of mention of them. Um, however, that kind of got redone in, in Fallen Kingdom, because that, that was very interested in, in rehashing things from, from 2 and 3 as well. I, I do like to hear this from Trevorrow, though, because he, he clearly has a reverence for the, the original films, and he wants to make sure that he emulated that, of course, in, in, the, in his Jurassic World films as well. And I'm happy that he gets to wrap up the story the way he wants to. And, and the fact that he views it as one big story is, is also very, very, very reassuring. And and I hate to say it, but th- that's how you do a franchise, folks. That's how you wrap up a franchise. Not, unfortunately, like how fucking J.J. handled shit over at Lucasfilm. And I, I, 
I don't completely blame JJ. Part part of that is on Kathleen Kennedy to a degree, but it's also on JJ for hiring him to to not make all three fucking films because it should have been him making all three, not this disjointed director shit and letting them kind of go off on their own. If if you were gonna do that, make anthology films, not not the Skywalker saga. But uh, but that that is a discussion for another day. That is a discussion for another day. But I mean, <laughs> on the flip side, her husband is producing the the Jurassic Park films. Frank Marshall, a longtime producer of, of uh, Steve with Steven Spielberg, along with Kathleen Kennedy, of course, as well. But I I like to hear him say that and that it's all a culmination and that everything will tie together. And and it's a good thing to see that as well. But can't wait to see that movie. And hopefully, hopefully it, uh, that wait doesn't turn out to be too long and it is worth the wait as well. But with that being said, that is it for Nick's nerd news this week. Thank you guys for listening. Today was January 20th, 2021. Yes, we are in 2021. It's hard to believe. Thank you guys for listening. As always, check out nixnerdnews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser if you prefer. Or you can listen to us on the go with Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, You can find links to all of our pages there. Also, while you're at nixnerdnews.com, make sure to check out our social media tab where you can find links to all of our social pages like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We post a lot of funny memes on those pages. You guys can check us out there. Uh, or follow us individually, Nick's Nerd News. That is our name on all of those platforms. Other than that, I will catch you guys on the flip side.